Hey, hey, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of Angular Air. I'm your host, Justin Schwarzenberger, and today we are going to be talking about Electron and checking out Electron. Should be pretty cool. Uh, let's meet our panelists that we got with us today. Uh, we have Alyssa Michael. Alyssa, what's going on? Hey, guys. Glad to be here. We got Austin McDaniel with us. Austin, how's it going? Hey, guys. Happy to be here. Getting ready for Christmas coming next week. Yes, the holiday season is upon us, right? Mike Rocky's with us. Mike, what's going on? Not too much. Ready for the holidays as well. Um, and excited to talk about Electron, something I've done nothing with. <laughs> all right, all right, should we go? And our guest today is Mark Halpin. Mark, how's it going? Good. I'm uh, looking forward to the holiday break. Nice. Are we all? Are we all? Right. But first, we got some business to take care of, right? We got to talk about Electron. Uh, before we get into that, Mark, why don't you tell our viewers a little bit about yourself, uh, what you got going on, what you do, that sort of thing? Sure. So I am a software developer at SaaS, and that is the um, analytics company, not the CSS preprocessor. Um, basically, they've created uh, SaaS programming language, and off of that, they've built a whole, built a whole bunch of tools for um, the whole analytics life cycle. So the analysis, the discovery phase of finding out what the data is, data cleaning, and reporting. So they've got a whole bunch of tools built on that language. And uh, what I do is basically build tools that integrate with that. So there's a tool called SASVIA, and I build tools and utilities that, that plug into that using Angular, of all things. Nice, nice. Now, you did some speaking recently as well, too, right? Yeah, I spoke at Angular Mix and basically gave a talk on Angular and Electron integration. And here in Raleigh, there was all things open. And that was like two weeks after Angular Mix. And I talked on uh, NativeScript and Angular. Oh, nice, nice. Oh, was that NativeScript and Angular inside of Electron or just NativeScript? <laughs> no, so NativeScript. Is, is very comparable to Electron. It's for cross-platform iOS, Mac, or iOS, Android, and uh, Windows Phone applications. So you can use JavaScript to create native apps on your phone, which is pretty cool. Cool, cool. Yeah, we had a, we had a couple shows on that, I think. Uh, we might have a show coming up next year on that, too. So pretty popular thing. All right, cool. Uh, Electron. So maybe we can give a quick uh, rundown of what Electron is, what we're talking about here. So if you've ever used VS Code, you've used an Electron app. But essentially, Electron is a, it's a, it's a framework that GitHub produced back in like 2014. And that allows you to use JavaScript to create desktop applications that have access to native file system, uh, push notifications, that type of thing. And let's see, we've got Slack is built on Electron, VS Code, Kitematic for Docker images, all that good stuff. And uh, yeah, I mean, you could use any type of framework that you want and create a full-fledged native desktop application without having to write any Swift, Objective-C, or uh, Java code. Nice, nice. So it's almost like a, um, 
almost like your own little browser per se, right? Uh, browser environment that you're taking your Angular, your web applications and being able to run it within that. And like you said, have access to some native stuff and things like that. Yeah, so Electron is a, basically it's a bundle of Node.js, Chromium, and uh, V8 engine. So the V8 engine of Node gives you that native access while Chromium allows you to get that sort of browser window. Um, and that's where you plug in Angular or Vue or React or what have you. So I'm confused. Was Is Chromium built with Electron? Or is it the other way around? So Electron is built with Chromium. OK, I always thought it was the other way around. So now I feel really dumb. <laughs> no. uh, so I guess Chromium is the like the pared down version of Chrome, from what I understand. So it's it's still a browser, but it's not as fully featured. But I could be, I haven't really looked into the history of that, so I could be wrong. But I'm pretty sure that's what it is. So I'm kind of curious, I've been kind of wondering this about uh, using Electron, deciding to use Electron, you know, to have like a desktop app experience versus say like a PWA that runs in the browser sort of thing. Like what, what do you kind of, what, what drives the decision to want to build, you know, your web app within Electron? So a, an Electron app is something that you can auto-update, you can code sign it, and you can basically control the whole environment. So you don't have to worry about what, um, let's say, if you're in a large organization and you're still on IE6, okay, so you don't have to worry about trying to support a progressive web app for IE6. You can just bundle everything on the latest version of Chromium. You can use ES6, TypeScript, and um, do your modern web development towards a desktop application. Another thing, if you need access to like file system, right? Like you can't do that in PWAs. So Electron gives you, like you mentioned, like access to all your file systems. Um, and uh, also you can probably uh, get quite a bit more power out of, since you're at kind of the raw uh, install, um, instead of, you know, just sandboxed in a desktop app. Yeah, and you can also, within Node, you can write custom C++ add-ons if you really wanted to get that bare metal functionality and, um, you know, make use of all the processors on a computer. You don't get that with a PWA. So if you want something that will really make use of the environment that you're on and the desktop and the resources, Electron is what you'd want to use. Also, um, as a uh, the only person here, uh, that is CSS illiterate. Um, you don't have to really worry about writing CSS for multiple browsers as well uh, or anything there because everything will be running in Chromium through the same uh, engine, correct? Yeah, so you can choose to use plain CSS or you could use Flexbox or CSS Grid, but all in all, you don't have to worry about compatibilities with different browsers, yes. I'm writing everything in Electron from now on. <laughs> I think that uh, the point about the fact that you have Node available to you is another good, you know, differentiator, right? Like you mentioned, the fact that you nope, have just no CSS, no <laughs> other browser CSS. You're the worst, man. You like write all this <laughs> complex code, but you're scared of CSS. Like what? Yeah. what? <laughs> Pretty scares me. 
<laughs> um, so, earlier you had mentioned code signing. Is that just a term that I don't know or? So I guess that's more important for, I mean, it's important for both Mac and, and Windows, but code signing essentially will say that this application is trusted and it can tell the operating system that go ahead and use it. It's okay. It's been vetted. So essentially you, you take a certificate from somewhere, you create one or you buy one and um, it basically tells the OS that this is a trusted application. So if you've ever tried to download like a Mac app off of a random, you know, zip file or something and you try to run it, it'll say, this app is not trusted. You shouldn't run it. And that's kind of what the code signing does for you. It basically puts a certificate in your application that says, good to go. Okay. So, so when you're building Electron apps, right, um, are you taking advantage of like native UIs, kind of like you do with native script, or, um, or, or is it more like the browser where you're kind of you know using you know either component libraries that are like JavaScript and HTML or and things like that? So you're basically using component libraries. So you're using JavaScript as a web technology to build out the front end, so to speak, on your desktop application. So is it difficult to make the experience between like Mac and Windows seamless um, when you're developing out these applications? Well, much, much like NativeScript, you do have the kind of abstraction layer. So you will get the native look and feel of that particular environment. You build towards that target environment. Uh, but I wouldn't say that there's as many visual differences, like you aren't going to notice, um, you know, that the Mac app looks wildly different than the Windows app. Gotcha. Um, and you mentioned like auto updates. Uh, how does how exactly would that work with a desktop app? So what you'd want to use in that case is so Electron has a built-in auto update functionality you would want to host the updated version of your application using something like um, Electron Release Server, which is a, it's basically it's a self-contained website that you would host on your computer and you would um, use it like a file store. You put files in there for your, your new app, your new EXE or DMG file for um, Windows or Mac. And then you would point the Electron app to the URL of that server and it downloads and auto-updates the app for you. Now, does it, uh, does it compile that code for you and, and package it up into something that only these Electron apps can read, or does it install the JavaScript, HTML, CSS within your computer when you install an Electron app you know, that somebody could get to? So what it does behind the scenes is it does when you build the executable, it does compile the code down to the native um, installer, so to speak. And But within that, like I can show you on the Mac, you can view the contents of that, that file um, when it's run. So essentially what it does is it, when you build it, it creates an ASAR file. And the ASAR file, when you 
package it for the executable does turn into a DMG or EXE. And all in all, it does run it as a JavaScript application, um, but just with an executable for Windows or, or um, Mac. I think I've seen apps where I, I've seen like the node modules getting copied um, in, in Electron apps before. So I think like under the hood, it might actually have all that code. It does. And I can show you if you click on the contents of the app once it's built, you'll basically, you'll see the whole file structure. So uh, one of the caveats to using Electron is that you don't want to store any, um, any intellectual property in the app. So if, if it's something you don't want to be copied and, and hijacked by somebody else, you, you don't want to put any proprietary info in there. So as it can be seen because it's using JavaScript, HTML, and CSS. How's debugging for Electron apps? So debugging is, there's a couple tools that you can use. Um, console log is my favorite. Um, and you can use the Chrome Dev tools. So when you open up the application, you can specify if you're in dev mode or prod mode, uh, essentially using your node environment, that you want to open up the, the Chrome Dev tools. And you can see the code and put breakpoints in and, and debug it as if, as if it was a web app. There's also tools for um, uh, internal testing, like Spectron, which you can test the application as a whole, but um, as far as debugging goes, my most common way of doing it is the Chrome DevTools. So what's the integration with Angular look like then? We've been talking about Electron. So what's the, how do, is it just like make, you know, open the CLI, you know, ng generate, and then just have Electron package it? Or what's that story like? So that's, that's the tricky part. Um, there's a couple ways to do it. So Electron has its own CLI called Electron Forge. And within that, you can specify a template. So with a flag, you'd say like template equals, right now it's Angular 2, and it will build the Electron application with a bunch of the utilities with it, and then just kind of plop in an app.module file and, and um, you know give you a basic starting point, but it's not going to integrate with the CLI. Um, that's one way to do it. The second way to do it is you can use the CLI, uh, the Angular CLI, which I figured out last, or just over the weekend. Uh, it's a little bit of a wonky way of doing it, but you can integrate the CLI with Electron and just do like ng generate component, you know, my component, and then it shows up. If you if you have any feature requests, just Make sure and bring them up to Brocco here. He'll get right on those during the show. <laughs> Absolutely. But they're recorded, so I'll get started on it later when I rewatch the episode. Yeah, I think that the strangest part for me was um, so Webpack, you have to basically eject the um, Webpack config in the CLI, and then you have to tell it, okay, turn the eject flag off and, you know, take it either delete it or put it to false, and uh, then rerun your application to get use of the CLI. But it will build the application with the CLI. And targeting within, um, with Webpack, you have to specify Electron Renderer as a target. 
which I think is already built in the Webpack. It's one of the targets they have. Cool. Well, you want to show us some stuff? Sure. Also, as you're sharing your screen, it was asked, um, where could people find you on GitHub? So you have that available. I think uh, people watching or would appreciate that. Sure. So this code is not quite on GitHub. Um, I do have another. I have a, an account Greenhorn Developer. Uh, so if you go to Greenhorn Developer on GitHub, you'll see that I've got the Electron app I demoed for Angular Mix, as well as the NativeScript app I demoed for All Things Open. So those are out there, and I can put this on there as well. Thank you. Okay, so. Can you see my screen? Yes. Okay. He's a webpack or he's a webstorm user too. Yeah, I've got PyCharm. Uh, I develop a lot of Python stuff, but I don't necessarily have anything against WebStorm. Last time I've used WebStorm, it was it would index everything and just slam the CPU, so it's not very efficient to work with. Um, okay, so what do I have here? I have my Electron app, and I guess we'll get into kind of some of the basics. So, do, do you have a way to bump that font up a little bit? Uh, sure, let me see. There you go. Yeah, I think that looks better. Is that better? Yeah, I think that'll work. Okay. So, so the easiest way to get started, or at least if you wanted to use the CLI, was just Make sure your Angular CLI was installed, and then just do ng new app, you know, whatever you wanted to do. And I'm not going to go through that whole process, but you can create your new app, and it'll give you that whole generic structure of you've got your source, your app, uh, you've got your CLI, and what you have to do is basically first thing is go to your index and change the base ref. So I just added the dot here and it tells it to go back a directory and that's important for when you build it out. Um, another thing that you want to do is go to your package JSON and create a main file. So when you run it, it'll say, hey, here's my entry point for my Electron app. And 
in that app, um, we've got to go over, I guess, core concepts of Electron. So there's something called IPC, which is inter-process communication. And essentially, you have a main process and a render process. And the main process is essentially that process that runs behind the scenes. So if you ever go into like Process Explorer or Activity Monitor and you see all the processes running for applications that you have in the background, and Electron runs in that um, as a process. And that's the main window. So when you're creating that application, you're telling it, create this main process, and then you spawn off browser windows, which is essentially your render process. And Electron has, it's, it's basically event-driven. So you have all these different events that you can listen to for your processes. So I'll just go through this quickly in terms of how it works is we have your app on ready. So when your application is started up, it gives the event of ready, it emits that event ready, and you want to do something when that event is uh, emitted. So when you want to run that application, you have to specify a function. And my function is start app. I'll create a window, which will render process, and I'll start a JSON server, which is what I'm going to use for my backend API. So main window, I'm defining that as a global variable uh, because that's essential for making sure that you already have the context available for that window. You can specify things like height, width. Uh, you could do other options like frames. You could choose to create a serve, uh, transparent or a frameless application. You're a loading URL. And this index file is what's created on that, uh, that new application when you create the ng new my app. And specify it coming from the dist folder, because that's where Angular will build the application uh, during the Webpack build. So you can open the dev tools, and that will be Chrome dev tools for debugging. And then when your window is closed, when you X out of the application, you want to make sure it kills the reference to the window. And then here I've got a JSON server, which I'm going to get my data from. It's pulling, it's uh, using the node.js exec command. And it's basically running an NPM script that I have in my package.json. And that'll start my JSON server on a port, listen for changes, and look at my db.json file, which is here. Any questions so far? Okay. Nothing from me. So once that is in place, Um, what I had to do was, you know, ng eject, and that basically put new scripts in my package.json file tell you what goes on behind the scenes, so linting and testing and um, using um, uh, where is it? Webpack, 
which I've just renamed here. And in the Webpack config, to get this to work with Electron and Angular, you have to specify target of Electron Renderer, and then go back to your CLI and make sure that your eject flag is turned off. And then you can start building with your ng generate component. And then I'll just do new component. And it creates it for you. So the uh, reason you're turning eject off is for to be able to generate? So to get so basically what I wanted to do is use the CLI to build out the components for Electron and then have everything bundle in with Webpack. So if you okay. don't if you don't eject the Webpack config, you can't specify that target for Electron renderer. Correct. I'm just saying, I don't think you, or if it's a bug, if not, that you should still be able to generate even if you've ejected. Yeah, you should still be able to generate even if you've ejected. Oh, no. So it's not necessarily for Angular, it's more for Electron. Because what you'll get if you don't target for Electron Renderer is file permissions issues on the Electron side. No, I, I'm not disagreeing with that point. I, I understand that you need to eject for your build process, but from the CLI's perspective, you don't necessarily need to turn the eject flag to false in order to generate oh, components okay. or services. I thought maybe I, maybe that's an old thing that I had seen. Maybe it's changed. But I'm not an expert, so <laughs> I'll defer that to you. Um, all right, so let's see here. But yeah, so you can use that CLI to generate your components. And then if you wanted to generate your services, you could do the same thing. Um, so what I'll do is I'm going to run this. Electron build. So essentially what that is going to do is it's going to run Webpack, it's going to set the prod flag, and then it's going to start Electron. So this is how you would get Electron to run in your command line. So when I specify Electron build, this is going to do is it's going to bundle everything with Webpack. It's going to start Electron. And then in the package, uh, sorry, not package.json, in the main.js file, it's going to start this executable and run the API server. Oh, and I've got the CLI telling me I've started a process for based on the server already. 
Okay, so this is what the app looks like. So you have your app, you've got your uh, toolbar. You can specify if you wanted to, you could set up a menu and you can create your own shortcuts and ways to interact with your operating system here. And these are the defaults. So I didn't specify a menu, but these are the defaults. And so what I'm going to go over is a couple different things that will interact with your operating system. So here in Helm, and this is within Angular, I'm calling in a couple of the items from Electron. So I've got dialog, which will basically open up a new window to select files, and then remote, which is going to talk back to the main process and get the browser window that you're currently using. So, or the, uh, from the main process, it'll say, what specific render process are you using? Because you can spawn up multiple render processes. So very basic, I've got button calls the open file. Open file will get that window, which I'm currently on. And then it will call a function, get file from computer. It'll specify the target window and it'll use the node.js uh, file system command. It will read the file. It'll specify some encoding and then it'll save it out to the records variable. Um, CSV parser is a node module that I've used to basically render out the contents. So if I go here, go home, open CSV, it can read your file system. And I'm just going to pick this file here and give you the results. So that's something you can't necessarily do with a regular web app. Um, making use of the file system, telling things where to go and, and where things are stored. The only thing you'll run into um, with this is maybe file permissions. So you got to make sure that you have the right file permissions. Um, so it yeah. seems like once you kind of get it, you know, rendered, you kind of get your base set up. It's just like making an Angular app that you would for your or web, right? Yeah, I mean that's that's the beauty of it is you can use those Angular web development skills and create a desktop application. Um, it, it's it's a no brainer. I mean, I I love the framework and it's something that I use here at SAS and created a, a pretty neat utility with it. Um, you know, just gives you that flexibility that you don't get from a PWA or a traditional web app to make use of all the OS features. Uh, I have a couple of questions sure. real quick. Uh, first of all, is that Optimus Prime's actual phone number? I'd like to talk to him. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want to talk to Jar Jar? <laughs> no, not, not, to, not today. I, I'm worried about spoilers. I haven't seen Star Wars yet, <laughs> new Star Wars. Um, <laughs> but on, on a serious note, so I noticed that you were using a few uh, pieces in your code. Uh, for the dialogue uh, directly from the Electron lab yes. library. Have you followed any patterns to have those uh, dependencies possibly injected within uh, to create wrappers for those so they're provided uh, for mocking and testability? So as far as mocking and testing, um, that's where Spectron comes in. 
Okay. So if I can't open up here. If I'm making you jump ahead, then just ignore my question and I'll just try and call Optimus. Okay. Yeah, it's it's prime time. So um, Oh yeah, email's probably best. <laughs> uh so yeah, so that's that's kind of giving you a basic sense of what you can do within your your Angular component is you can directly call out to the Node.js um, modules as well as the Electron modules and any other NPM installed modules that you have, uh, just like you would with any other reg regular web app, but you get that added functionality. Um, a new component, nothing going on there. Uh, I've got my, you know, just like a regular web app would have. Uh, come on. It is not loading for me. Zoom in. Okay. <laughs> I feel silly. It's not zooming in. There we go. So you've got routing. Um, within your Electron app, you still make use of the router in Angular, and you can pass in your routes. And if you wanted to lazy load your components, you could do that. But you could otherwise just specify the paths and then you know, any parameters that you want to pass into those paths. So you're not limited to uh, just this kind of window that doesn't really act on anything outside of itself. You could still make use of the Angular components and, and libraries. And uh, here I've got my search component. You know, really quick on the routing thing, I want to bring yeah. up this kind of, like kind of a benefit of Electron is that you don't have a URL bar, right? So you, as an app developer, you have a little more control over the routing scenario, which is kind of nice in terms of uh, dictating where people go in your app and what's going to get rendered, right? You don't have the, the URL bar kind of becomes this like breaking point where the user gets like this ultimate power of changing stuff and like, you know, they refresh the, the browser bar and you get a reload of your entire application. And so, I don't know, it's kind of nice that Electron doesn't have that. So it gives you a little more control over that app. Yeah. And, and one of the all other nice things is that you can disable um, refreshes as well on the Electron app. So like if you're, on a Mac, you can do Control or um, sorry, Command R and refresh an application. Um, you could actually disable that with Electron, and you don't. You can force the user to stay on a certain page or have certain state. Um, Same thing with back and forward, right? In terms of you, you have now as a developer have control over that scenario. Yeah, and I can show you. So if you wanted to go like, all right. <laughs> One of the problems with Electron that I haven't figured out how to solve is reloading. So there's something called Electron Reload, which will watch your, your main process, but it won't watch anything else. So if you make changes to your applications like HTML or CSS or component code, it won't, it won't read it. All right, let's try this again. Okay. So here I've got my search and I'm reading from my JSON web server. So I'm just calling my service like I normally would. 
specifying um, in here my node process I've set within Webpack. I've created a environment variable. So I've set my API to localhost 3004, and I can call that within my service. So when I click on my service, I can get that process.env. And that's pretty common if you're a node developer. You typically reference environment variables. And you can package this all up without having to set any special, uh, special flags, which is really nice. So I'm making out that call, specifying my URL and my, my paths, putting parameters in, just like you normally would, and getting that data back and specifying it as my observable and rendering that out on the page. And you had mentioned that routing, so you could go here and let's say if I wanted this first person, I can click on that, get his details, and then I can go back. And, you know, I don't have to worry about paths or anything like that. It's just all driven by what you set on the app itself. Uh, one of the last things I'll touch on, at least as far as Electron goes, is there's something called Browser View, which is experimental now in the, the new version. Um, but what this will do is it'll open up Um, so what this is doing is it'll do two things for me. So I have an example of the IPC communication, which is either synchronous or asynchronous. So in my browser view, on the initialization of that component, I am sending a message to my main process. And I'm saying, okay, here's my event of asynchronous message and the data that I'm passing out. So here it's listening for asynchronous message. And when it gets that data argument, it's open please. And then it will send back data, hello from the main process. And then here I've got another one that's just going to open that browser window and set a browser view, which is going to load URL, which is my JSON web server. So this base URL is coming from this process. When I open that browser, I get my data back, hello from the main process. And you can't see it here, let me drag it. And here's my web view running that JSON server, which is pretty handy. I mean, you can open up different. Um, if you don't have any other ways to get to URLs, you can do it through Electron. You don't have a browser installed at all. So it's, it's pretty handy. Yeah. Uh, any so that's, that's the other, you know, things that you get with this native experience or with this, you know, um, desktop app experience that you get with Electron is the ability to do these sort of things at this point, right? Yeah. So that's kind of a short, you know, 10,000-foot view of Electron as a whole, um, just kind of highlighting some of the ways you can work with Angular to access those native features and open up different browser windows and use IPC, which is 
pretty much the only way that you can communicate between your render process here and then your main process here. So once your app is built, um, you want to distribute it, right? You want people to use it. And what you'd want to use to get that in the hands of users is something called Electron Builder. So it's a tool in the Electron user, user land, is what it's called. And Electron Builder packages your application based on the OS that you're either on or targeting. So for me, you just npm install Electron Builder, and you specify a npm script. So I've got build app, which we'll call build, and that's telling Electron Builder, hey, you need to start up and start working. And then you need to configure. So I've got a configuration here, which is um, the bare minimum. So I'm specifying my app ID, which is how the application will be referenced by uh, OS, telling it what files I want to use, and then the output directory of where I want that file and that uh, application to be sent once it's done being built. But that process is a little bit long, um, so I'm not going to subject you to that. But I will show you the um, some of the cool things. Is in this build directory, I have my icons. And you can specify your own tray icons. Um, you need an ICO for Windows and ICNS for Mac, which is important because if you don't have it, it'll not only error at you, but it'll just default to the regular Electron app icon. Let me see. I can get my doc to show here. probably have to change my main screen to get that to work. Uh, why don't I do this? I'll change my screen, and I'll show you how that looks in terms of the icons. I think you, yeah, I think you can do that while we're still presenting you to try. Okay. So here is my, I don't know if you can see that. Yeah, we can see it. Okay, so this is the icon here, which runs my generated app, and then I can quit that. And then here is my application ng electron, which I've created my own custom icon for. And here in, in the tray, you've got that custom icon, and your application runs as it normally would. But this is the package version. And what I'll touch on is 
So when you package your application, you can go to the app itself and you can show package contents. And this is gonna give you all of your files. So when that app was built, this is everything that was built within it. Uh, let's see, where is the... Uh, is a way to view all of those files. It's slipping my mind for whatever reason right now. This is where we'd be able to see the JavaScript, the CSS, that sort of stuff. Yeah, and for the life of me, I can't remember why I can't open it. Um, there is a way to open this ASR file. I think you have to do it with the command line. Um, but once you open up this ASR file, you'll get all of the contents of your application. So everything that was built by Electron when you run your Electron build command will basically go in this ASR file and this isn't encrypted, it's it's just plain text like you'd see in a HTML CSS file. So that's the uh, the problem in in trying to store anything specific in there or, or a secret is it'll be you know viewable by anybody with the application. Right. So it's like that decision making where somebody goes, okay, am I gonna do I want to have a a desktop app that I want to build, yes. Okay, let's build an electron so we can use this web technology, right? But in our checklist, you know, is it one of our requirements to, you know, uh, protect that intellectual property, that stuff that we deliver? And if so, maybe electron's not the best solution for that. But if that's not the case, or you have a sort of strategy of, okay, I'm protect that intellectual property somewhere else, then, you know, um, yes, go for it sort of thing, right? Yeah, and that's that's kind of where you know server side rendering comes into play. Is you can use something like, um, you know, Angular Universal or you know self hosted Express App or something like that, and you could do server side rendering. So you're going back to the client server days of just having that kind of dumb client that will just go back to a server somewhere and get all of your information that way. Interesting. So we got a couple of questions that were on the YouTube chat uh, and some comments and stuff. I guess the first one being that like uh, back earlier when we were talking about Chromium being part of that thing, one of the viewers mentioned that Chromium then is delivered with each instance of an Electron app that you have. Um, and so you kind of, if I'm a user and I'm installing VS Code and let's say Atom and my your app that you created here, I'm actually getting replicated bits of that Chromium. For each is that correct and is that a big concern or i mean obviously both some file system but so the electron app is so i guess let me understand the question so is the question uh, is there a, a problem with getting multiple instances of chromium when you install all these different applications i think it was more of a, a comment saying like something to be aware of that you know, stuff that Electron delivers in order to do its thing to the Chromium and, and that sort of things is it has a, a file, you know, a footprint of that. So if, if you're deciding I'm going to build my, I'm going to build five applications for my team that are all going to be Electron apps, you know, it's not just the, 
the Angular code that you're creating for the, the, the <laughs> but it's also the payload of Electron itself and it that it is, right? Yes. So you're getting yeah, that's exactly right. So you're getting um, as an application, a standalone application, you're getting a bundle of Chromium node and then whatever else you put in. So if file size wise, you're looking at about three to 400 megs per application when it's bundled. Uh, so you can you know, go do crazy magic with Webpack for your Angular stuff, but it isn't gonna change what Electron's giving you behind the scenes. So yeah, to that point, um, when you are creating Electron apps, they can tend to be a little bit heavy. Um, but I mean, in terms of, you know, if you look at, um, I don't know, what's that game called? Um, oh, the Division. Like if you wanted to get that on your PC, I mean, that's like at least 10 gigs or StarCraft, you know? So those applications are, are very large compared to Electron. Um, one thing that I do want to note, which I haven't checked recently, but it is, um, oh, my screen sharing here. Are you done sharing? You want me to stop that? Uh, yeah, for now, I guess. Um, otherwise, you're just going to see my screen. There you go. Um, but one thing to note is when you're using Electron Release Server is when you update your application, it doesn't get rid of the old version. So if you are constantly updating the application, you have to put your own logic in to find the file path and get rid of the old stuff. So otherwise, you're going to have 400 megs each time you update, just building and building and building. And you wind up saying, hey, why is this now 20 gigs worth of data? Um, that's why. Is As of maybe a couple of months ago, I haven't checked, but there isn't a way to delete the old version. Um, Sounds like you know this from personal experience about it building up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've noticed, but it hasn't gotten like quite large. Um, I've noticed when I updated a couple times in testing that it left three copies there. And it's like, okay, well, that's strange. I would think if you installed it, it would just maybe overwrite the data. But no, it gives you a new copy of it. Um, but when you uninstall, it takes away most of the data. So that's good. You do have some leftover files. Um, but for the most part, you do lose that bloat when you uninstall. Um, however, if you uninstall with updates, you still have to manually remove all those updates. Interesting. Interesting. So another question that was about, uh, like, how about when it comes to like third-party libraries, say like Angular Material or, or whatnot? Are you just kind of in the realm of the same things that you experience with using those things within your Angular app, or is there anything specific that might pop up with Electron in the mix? So that's a good question. So I noticed this when I was giving my Angular Mix talk. Um, if I were to use Electron Forge and kind of plop in Angular as an afterthought, um, so to speak, you know, it wasn't really bundled in. Um, but if I plopped in Angular with the template, um, it doesn't load in things like the HTTP um, module. Um, what was the other thing? Routing. So if you're going the Electron Forge route, and um, Electron Forge bundles a lot of things together. It'll bundle in the builder. It'll bundle in the packager. Um, it'll configure things for updates. It's, it's very handy, but it's not good for using the Angular CLI. Um, if you were to go that route, yes, there are some things you need to add as far as Electra or Angular goes to get like Angular, Angular material working. 
Um, as far as if you go the Angular CLI route, you have to go into your Angular CLI.json file. And for me, I chose to use Bootstrap. Um, so I had to add in the Bootstrap CSS file and the Bootstrap.js uh, bootstrap file in the Angular CLI to build and use with Electron that way. Um, as far as other libraries, like I had CSV parser um, and the node file system module, uh, you would just use those as an, a typical NPM module, if that makes sense. Yep, yep. I think what's uh, cool about this is that you can kind of see and kind of get start getting this idea of like, because one of the things that people talk about with Electron or that I hear a lot about is that, well, you can use the web technologies that you know and understand to build these applications, right? You can use JavaScript, HTML, CSS, and that sort of thing. And so you don't have to learn, like you were mentioning earlier, Swift or any of that stuff, right? Um, and so that's really cool. And so now you can kind of start seeing where maybe you can, with Angular's dependency injection, Mike kind of mentioned, hinted at this earlier, you know, the ability to do that, that we can kind of extract out these things that are accessing the file system and things like that, and now provide reusable code for these interfaces that we, we say we want to have a web app that's a PWA that maybe has 80% of the functionality, but not the ability to select files from your desktop. And then we want to have the desktop app running in Electron that does have that plus all the regular stuff. Now we can share code between those two, you know, um, fairly easily and start building this, this reusable code across the board and, and live in both these worlds without having to replicate entire applications, which is pretty cool because of part of that, because of the fact that Electron's working with these, you know, HTML, CSS type of stuff that we're used to and we can reuse. And um, there's a couple repos out there, which I haven't explored fully, but I know that they're out there. Um, essentially, they combine all of the tooling in place to build a web app, Electron app, and NativeScript app, all with Angular in kind of like a mono repo. So it is possible to share that code across all the platforms. Um, however, there's dependencies within each platform that you're going to have to account for. Like NativeScript has its own XML um, for you know, the view layer, so to speak. You're not going to be able to replicate your Angular stuff from a web app to a NativeScript app one-to-one. -one. There are some things you need to work around. But for the most part, you could probably share the code um, without much effort. In a perfect world. Yeah. There, there's definitely a lot of tricky things when you start integrating different CLIs and, and different build processes and build tools that are geared towards Electron or NativeScript or Angular. Yeah, there's going to be things that don't work well right out of the box. But it certainly gets us closer, right? Closer to that dream, which is yeah. always positive. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we're at the top of the hour, so we better wrap the episode up. But uh, so maybe we'll get into, oh, does anybody have any last questions or anything else or any other points on Electron before we do that? Going once, going twice, gone. All right. So let's get to some picks, and then we'll uh, call it a show. So uh, Alyssa, do you have any picks that you want to share? 
Um, I have two. So one is this article that was tweeted about this morning, and it's um, about millennials and uh, the economy, and it's like really powerful. Actually, this guy spent like eight years writing this thing and interviewing people, and he started like interviewing people um, who are in poverty in Africa, and then I think one of his colleagues uh, at the college was like, oh, you should do it for like Americans. So he like started doing it in South Carolina and he found out some really cool stuff. And the way that they like display this article, it's like, I don't even know yet. I need to inspect the page and find out what they're doing. Cause it's like this interactive GIF that as you scroll, the GIF continues along. So anyways, put the link in there. Um, it's a really, really cool post. And my other one is ng-conf is coming up soon. And so is ng-atlanta. So if you have the opportunity, to get tickets and come, that would be amazing. So yeah, those are my picks. Cool. Mike? I came across a tool yesterday uh, for the first time called CompoDoc that allows you to document your Angular application. We'll uh, show you different routes and pictures of your application and um, is rather slick. I suggest uh, going to check that out. Hey, I'm not gonna answer that. Um, another one, uh, you mentioned uh, that you'd use console.log um, we a lot did. We did have a show on that, didn't we? Combo yeah, doc. Yeah, yeah. I thought I recognized. I was, was like, I think that was a really cool one, right? Okay. I you must have been I, sleeping. I that. wasn't on that show. I looked up the episode, <laughs> so I, uh -huh. I just found it. So yeah, it was uh, episode one twelve, and of course you can go to angular.com and and find that. But it's a creating amazing application. Check it out. I will add that link to the show notes as well. But anyway, I came across it for the first time, so I found it cool. Um, also, uh, Mark, you mentioned uh, console.log. I wrote a blog post about different tooling within console.log uh, to not just send out that or just text messages, but you can also have groupings and tables and it's asserting there's a whole lot more than just console.log uh, for being able to check uh, things out. So uh, there's a few helpful tips uh, within there. So I'll put that in the show notes. And also I just updated my house to Google Wi-Fi, uh, not just um, Googling over Wi-Fi, but the product called Google Wi-Fi uh, as a new uh, router in my house and it's a mesh router and I love it. I have so much better coverage and throughput in my house right now. So definitely recommend it. Nice. Those are my picks. I have Google Wi-Fi as well as I, I like it as well too, so I'll, I'll back that. Austin, you got anything? Nothing this week. I think it's a little quiet because the holidays are coming up. I haven't really seen much come out, but um, uh, hopefully we'll, New Year is going to be a lot of new cool stuff, so I'm excited about that. Cool. I'm going to pick uh, Get Kraken. Uh, it's a Git client desktop application or working with Git. Uh, I may have picked this last year on the show, but whatever. I'm going to pick it again. <laughs> I, I believe that it's built with Electron as well, too. I'm not positive, but I, I feel like it is. Uh, so it's a uh, you know a desktop application for doing some Git stuff uh, in a UI. So it's pretty cool. Git cracking. Like crackin'. So it's not like something that runs in your terminal. It's like an app kind of thing? Yeah, it's a vi visual type of thing where you see your your tree okay. branches and things like that, and you can do all this uh, okay. and kind of get commands, but with a UI, right? So kind of like Tower, maybe the where uh, you can do like pull and push and all that stuff. Yeah, I've never used yes. Tower. But, oh, okay, okay. Uh, but it's pretty cool. So yeah, Kraken, like in the sea, Kraken, right? So uh, that's pretty cool. That's my pick. 
Uh, that's Austin's pick too. So we share that pick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he doesn't like it cracking. Who knows? All right, Mark, you got any picks? Um, go check out Electron Userland. So that is, if you're interested in a bunch of tools to kind of help your workflow and your development, uh, Electron Userland has um, all the different utilities that community the community has made to kind of help that process along and makes developing apps for Electron a lot easier. Check that out. That sounds like an amusement park. Yeah. <laughs> I think it is, um, I don't remember if they have like a Ferris wheel on there or not. Yeah, that makes sense, makes sense. Cool. All right, uh, Mark, real quick, where, where can people find you? Are you out there on the Twitters? Are you on- I'm on the Twitters, um, <laughs> um, at halpin underscore IO, and um, my GitHub is Greenhorn Developer. Oh, that's um, yeah. That's pretty much the extent of my my uh, internet. I like it. I like it. That. What more do you need, really? GitHub and Twitter, right? I <laughs> yeah. I mean, you've got everything there. Right, do you have any talks coming up that you're going to be presenting at, or anything like that? Um, I've submitted for ElectronConf and I've submitted for NGConf. Um, outside of that, there's nothing else. I didn't know ElectronConf was a thing. Where is that? Uh, so they were going to have it. This past year, I want to say in Seattle, but it was canceled. Um, and I think they're trying to reschedule for next year. I don't know where. It might be in Seattle, I think. Cool. Very cool. Very cool. Well, we super appreciate you coming on the show, taking the time to present this material and, and share Electron with us. And uh, really appreciate it. And best of luck with your submission for NGCOM and all your stuff going forward. We really look forward to that. And uh, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's fun. All right, we're going to take a week off for the holidays next week, and then we'll be back at it to start the new year. I believe that we've got uh, Rob Wormald coming on to talk Angular Elements. Stephen Fluen's going to come back on to show us, I, I think, some PWA stuff. And then, of course, you know, we're going to line up with all the other content that you're going to want in 2018. So we'll catch you on the flip side. Take it easy. Later. <laughs>